Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus, I am your host. Old man Trev didn't put 50p in the meter, so he hasn't got any internet. Uh, Capo Dan is joining me in the hot seat. And for his podcast debut, we have from South London, we've got Nick Hurl. We're going to look at the PSV away trip. We're going to look at the Nottingham Forest game. And we'll type a touch on on, um, on, on the Chelsea game as well. But I, I think it's probably got to be Welcome. quite concentrated on the... It's going to be quite concentrated on the um, the PSV and the build-up, and because that's why we've got Nick on here. Because um, yeah, as as you'll find out, it was Nick's first European away trip, and we're going to talk about just uh, away days in Europe and everything else. So, Dan, how you doing, mate? Have you got any voice after yesterday? We did try bloody hard getting that going. Yeah, I'm struggling a bit, but um, I can't blame fully on yesterday. I think I'm just absolutely battered from that week in Amsterdam. If I'm totally honest. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. absolutely Dan ruined us, honestly. Dan gets battered everywhere he goes. <laughs> That's another new song, that is, Fergus. Yeah, you've got a few new songs, and we'll talk about some of those, and some of them aren't very pleasant towards myself and my backside and my wrist and my leg and other parts like that. Nick, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. I know you do watch, and your dad watches, and we meet at games. I've known you for a number of years. And uh, we were chatting in Eindhoven and uh, you said, oh, you've got to come on the podcast. So we said, yeah, why not do it? How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, yeah. It's good to be here. It's just a great away day as well when I, on the day. Um, somebody, uh, you know, gingers get battered everywhere they go. Dan, that's obviously Moroccan sunsets more than, more than gingers. Yeah, but there we go. I don't know. I um, think they're probably talking about Nick, aren't they? Nick, are you a little bit ginger or is it just me? Uh, I'm a little bit. Maybe the friend, well, I would say. We finally, <laughs> finally got a ginger on the show. So, <laughs> Guys, look, we, we'll talk about PSV away. Uh, we went into the shop. We'd done a bit of a st- stadium walk around. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then, with Nick, I want to find out from, like, you drove over on the day of the match, didn't you, first of all? so uh, uh, Yeah. So what sort of time of the morning were you leaving at? So... We know we left around five thirty in the morning on the on the day of the game. It took about five and a half hours to drive to uh, Eindhoven. And uh, then you met with uh, all us guys in. You got to your hotel, met with us guys in the square, and it, it, what? what you, how did you find the atmosphere in the square and everything else? Uh, well, it was like a big big crowd and. The atmosphere just within that little square it was really good. There was chants going, uh, uh, people singing, everything. It was just a good time. Yeah, and it was just about ten or fifteen bars all together. We're all in a big square, and the Ashburton Army were over there, and they they they, they were kicking a football in the air. It, it felt like a festival, didn't it? Yeah, it it did. It did. It did. Um, Dan, we, we'd been there the night before. We sat and we, we'd done a little video for the Highbury squad and then we wandered on the way to our chaise and we took a few photographs. Um, what did you make of uh, the, um, the the trip to Eindhoven? I know you've done Amsterdam beforehand. We'll touch on Amsterdam afterwards. Yeah, Eindhoven's very, obviously very different to, to Amsterdam, but yeah, brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. I mean, it's just a square full of what I'd call proper Arsenal fans everyone out having a laugh and um, amazing how many people you bump into and meet new people that um, I sort of briefly remember their names to now. And um, <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of beer, obviously very early start, um, late finish and not really remembering how I got home on the Wednesday, if I'm honest. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I, Wednesday night, I know we left O'Shea's, I think about, I left about 11 in, and you stayed there. I got in the bus back out to the airport where my hotel was and I think it was about six stops I stayed awake till stop number five then fell asleep and woke up six steps the other side so it took me about another hour to get back home from there um yeah so uh the following day what uh what we normally do Nick is when we, when uh, I've been going out with Trev over the last couple of games and um Dan uh, likes a stadium tour as well we always try and visit the stadium take some photos of the stadium and see it before the game it gives you an atmosphere and build up the day and stops you getting into the pub too early. You learn that when you get a bit older. Going into the pub too early ruined your game. And uh, we were 
we were really fortunate to um, inside uh, the PSV Stadium. Dan, I'll let you talk about inside the, the PSV Stadium and talk about where we are in this picture. It's me, you, and Trev. Yes, obviously we'd um, thanks to really mainly thanks to to Trev and yourself. We'd we'd sort of walk around the stadium and spoke to a few of the the people inside the stadium. Uh, corporate Trev was uh, was on guard and uh, I spoke to quite a few people inside Einhoven. They recommended going to one of the blocks. And then going into um, what was a bar overlooking the corner. And uh, personally, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant bar. Something probably not a lot of people knew of, I guess, because there wasn't that many people in there. But you could sit there and have a, you know, a beer or a coffee or something or even a bite to eat overlooking the stadium. And um, considering you can't actually have a stadium tour on the day of the game, it's a nice thing, I guess, for fans to do when they arrive, let's say, in the morning of the game or the day before. So um, I'd probably say... Anyone that goes Einhoven again, definitely check that out. And also, I've not really been aware of any other clubs that do that. I don't know if you are, Fergus. I I, I don't know of any clubs that do that sort of thing. Um, The the closest thing I could get to it, I went to um, the Boston Red Sox. I went to the Fenway. And the Fenway have got the bleachers bar. And they've got a big bar. And they've got like a huge, big uh, window by their, whatever, where they hit the the base or whatever it is like you know um uh in 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 rounders or basketball or baseball or whatever it's called and um it, it's open when there's no game on but when there's a game on there's a big they call it the garage door it's a big door that closes the window and that's the closest thing and i thought that was as cool as hell uh but this this knocked it for knocked it for six uh nick what did you make of the stadium that you when you were in there uh i mean from outside the stadium first of all it was a really nice looking stadium. It was it had that uh, colourful lights outside coming from the stadium and just around the stadium it's just like a really nice area. Uh inside in the concourse it was a little bit small, loads of steps. But it was a nice view from where I was I was sitting, I could see everything and it was just in the middle of all the singing and all the chants. Mm. Um, Trevor, as we said, uh, he took the wise decision, really. Uh, he went corporate, didn't he? Look, <laughs> um, how did that come about? There was <laughs> corporate. How did that come about, Dad? It was, it was Twitter. Some guy on Twitter uh, was just ch- uh, messaged and said, look, I've got an away ticket. I want to get, uh, I've got a corp, uh, cat one, I think they're called. So posh seats. And he wanted to uh, swap over, wasn't he? Yeah, obviously, I I know Trevor. Uh, he doesn't like to sort of slum it with us a lot now in the away end. So we, uh, I know, you know, I know he likes to be a, be a bit posher now. Um, but yeah, some guy on Twitter was just just wanting to swap, and um, obviously a good good deal for both. Whereas, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't go corporate very often. I've been there once, and um, it's not for me. I like to be in there with a the sticky floor, sticky shoes, and sing and and beer all around. I would have loved a sticky floor and sticky shoes. That would have helped me out a lot. Listen, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But um, the, the the atmosphere after we'd been into the stadium and we sorted Trev out with his posh seats, bumped into some people from Arsenal and we bumped into quite a few different people who were really, really helpful, Dutch and English, uh, like liaison, supporter liaison stuff. They gave us some advice about getting the stadium area, gave us some advice to share, which we did on Twitter about people who come back to Dam and people who are staying in Eindhoven and so on. And it, it just made... The whole experience was smoother. Went back into the square. Then went, that's when we bumped into Nick and Dave and and Nick and Sam and uh, and was it Joe? I can't remember. Um, who's the fifth guy in there? Uh, Harry. Harry. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I can see I'm getting as bad as uh, as Dan with names. Um, but we bumped into them, and 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 it's exactly what Dan was saying. Because you're in the whole the town for a day or two. When you go to the football, you bump into somebody, you say, hello, mate, how are you doing? I'll see you guys in the pub and we'll shake hands, we'll talk for a couple of minutes, then you move on to somebody else. But when you're there for, how many hours did we sit together? Three or four hours, Nick? And just it was, chatting? Yeah, we got. I got there around one-ish and we ended up leaving around five. Yeah. So, so, so yes, yeah, three or four hours and you sit and you chat and uh, Trev got to know some of them and the different people get to know each other and it, it's just a really good build-up. But what did make us uh, laugh was there was yourself enjoying your first away day and there was um, a guy who was a uh, young lad. He We were hoping to get him on today, but his name is Billy uh, and uh, Billy was on his first away day. He's 11. You're How old are you, Nick? You're 15, um, aren't you? Yeah, I'm 15. 
yeah, this young lad, he was he was absolutely loving it. Shirt off, above his head, and uh, he was joining all the chants. What did you make of of that of of how how he enjoyed his day, Nick? He looked like he really enjoyed himself, and I, I when he was there, he just created like loads of like funny moments, just starting songs. Everyone was just like singing with him, and it was. It must have been a really good experience for him. Yeah, exactly. And 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 he helped like you did, and like everybody else, helped build the atmosphere. Dan, uh, talk about like just seeing the young people enjoying themselves and experiencing that. I mean, firstly, shout out to Billy. He's just an absolute hero. He really is. I mean, eleven years old. As we said, everyone's going to go back to school and say, "Oh, you know, I've, I've been to the zoo. I've done this," and he's like, oh, "I've done PSV away." And it's not as if he's just sat there and, and just attended. He was getting right in and amongst it. I need him in with us at the North Bank. I think he'd start creating more of an atmosphere than we would. <laughs> yeah, he, he would do, actually. I, would, I don't know what area in the ground is. His dad was called Billy as well, so it was the two Billies. And, and uh, we did we did go up and say, is it all right if we share that photograph? Because obviously you're taking a picture of a young lad. It's only fair that you talk to talk to his dad and say, look, do you mind? And then yeah. can, he... Can I also just, just say that he is a great, great lad and testament to his dad. Um, for 11 years old, very, very well-spoken, very well-mannered. And on top of that, quite clearly in, in you know years to come, he's going to be a, maybe a future Ashburton Army lad. I reckon he could feel <laughs> well. I think so. I think we got a future Ashburton Army down below us anywhere there, um, especially the way with the hood up early on before you come on there. He looked proper Ashburton Army. All you need is a mask, Nick. That's all you need. Nah, um, not <laughs> Not for you. Listen, it's, it's, it's horses for courses. Uh, we went to the stadium. We uh, got to the stadium about 5, 5.30 because we want, didn't want to get uh, caught up in any sort of escorts or anything like that. Um, and we had a couple of drinks. I was driving the next day, so I had to be reasonably careful. Um, now, uh, what did you make of the stadium and, the, and the, the stairs, Dan? Because as I found out to my detriment... This was bloody lethal. We arrived in the... I'll let you say how we arrived into our seats. I don't know what you're on about, Fergus. I don't think there was that steep. Nothing wrong with them. It's just people having too many drinks, really. Yeah, right. (laughs) He sits down away. He sits down away. (laughs) Fergus Keaton, he sits down away. so what you're what you're not sharing is that as as we walked in, um, we all had our tickets and our seating allocation, and everything else. As we came in, the top of the stairs just there, they said like, uh, no, "Don't worry about your seats, no allocation, just go where you want, lads." With that, there was a, like a bit of a surge or whatever, and we I took a step down, and there's like little metal corrugated things to give you a grip, and I went down with a bang. I don't, how, how that stadium was still standing with me <laughs> hitting the floor like that, and it, it, to be honest, I I I would have been afraid. If we scored in that stadium, because there was there was nowhere to hold you up, and the, with the rake and the steep of it all, I think people would have gone uh, got uh, got over. I know a couple of kids got um, uh, trampled on or crushed or whatever uh, towards behind us and so on. So it, I, I just I, I question how it gets a, a safety a safety record. Like look, you look at a rake like that. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, to stop anybody. Um, if we score there, except for that plastic and the net. Yeah, no, uh, I think joke, joke, jokes aside, it's um, I can't believe that the level of shooting in the away end that day, because the, the stairs, that, that picture doesn't really do it justice. They are horrendously steep. And when you've got people packed in as they were, not even intentionally nudging you, you know, I felt like I was going to lose my balance at times. And, and generally, if one person goes, there was going to be a lot of people in front of them. So, as you mentioned, and young I... kids were squashed at the front. And, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a pleasant um, a way into standing, although before and after was brilliant. But, yeah, you know, to stand in and watch the game, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And add to the fact that, you know, many people have beers on board as well, and some more than others. So it, yeah. it makes it a little bit dangerous. But let, let, let's talk about the game. Um, just to recap on the PSV uh, away situation, that if we had got one point, we'd have topped that group. Nick, how did you go into this um, game? And what do you think about the lineup? We had Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, Saliba holding Tierney, Laconga and Shaka in the midfield, Odegaard, Vieira, Martelli, and Eddie Nketiah. So. Eight really strong starters in that, and it's only really Laconga, 
Vieira and Eddie that you would have said aren't like starters. Yeah, so I I went into this with, after seeing the team having that full of confidence because it's as you say probably seven or eight of our main starting players uh, starting the game. So I've gone into this thinking this should be an easy win as we're on. Uh, I'd like to say great form. The last few games it hasn't been the greatest, but we're still on a good form. So I was going mm-hmm. into the game thinking we should comfortably win this game. And Dan, when we're outside the stadium, even the Dutch guy uh, who couldn't speak any English, um, uh, he, he he was trying to say to us like he expected Arsenal to win two nil. He's using sign language and you know so on. What did you what did you expect looking at the lineup? Did, I, I I thought we'd walk away at least with a point. I don't think the two was what he was trying to say to you, probably Fergus. But um, no, I um be totally honest with you, I I. I going to disagree with with you there Nick I never never thought this was going to be an easy game and one thing with this young squad that we've got is they are not yet used to very big hostile environments away in Europe and obviously for example Ramsdale I think that was his first actually first actual European game so they've got a lot of learning to do in this sort of environment I actually think as long as we can get a win against Zurich on Thursday, it would be a good experience for them because that is something they're going to have to deal with when they go to hopefully bigger venues away in the Champions League. So Mm. a bit of a steep learning curve for them there. I also think it shows without being too sort of negative because I think we're in a very good place and, and better than we could have ever imagined at the beginning of the season. I think that game shows in some ways our depth. And I know you said eight strong starters, but there's a few people that come into that squad that for me have taken us to where we are now and have been fantastic in and around the squad to get us where we are now. But I feel like we need to move on from them if we're going to really progress. And I'll take give an example of that, Rob Holding being one. For me, fantastic leader behind the squad um, in the dressing room. When you're away at a big a big team like that and you're on the front foot with a high line you need to be able to progress the ball and I'm not sure that Rob Holding is that guy that will come into the squad and do it I think he's great with a low block he's great when we need to defend you know balls thrown into the box but um, I think as he was exposed at Spurs last year and I think he also got a bit exposed at PSV yeah I think I think somebody explained it to me quite well the other day um, that uh, for him to come on for the last 10 or 15 minutes when when you've got that lead that's good to bring him on and I, I I pick up on the point you say about how he is behind the scenes a bit like Cedric and so on that, that you know that there's an awful lot more to do than on the pitch but what uh, what matters to us is the results on the pitch um, and uh, you know I, I think he's a good squad player to bring on but not necessarily one a, a starter and maybe that was Naivety, uh, maybe by the manager in that sense. So, listen, um, there was two goals, uh, Verman and De Jong on 55 and 63. Um, there was also two disallowed goals, uh, which were disallowed by VAR, uh, I think an offside and something else. I can't remember. I wasn't watching as much as, as others. But um, overall, a very poor performance. Um and it, the annoying thing is, is it, it means the importance of Thursday night's game, Nick, is is huge. We have to equal our better PSV's game. PSV are playing Bodo. PSV are more than likely, okay, they are playing in Bodo, I believe, isn't it, in Bodo? Uh, yes, it should be. Let me have a look. Yeah, I believe I'm it's in sure. Bodo, but if they... Either way, even at home, I would I would expect that they would be beating uh, Bodo. Um, and that means that we have to win against Zurich. Uh, failure to win against Zurich means we enter into the, the round of 32, so the qualifying games. And we also means that we have to put out a very strong side, Nick. Uh, and we got Chelsea at 12 o'clock. The the following, um, yeah, Arnie in the chat has confirmed that it is in, it is in Norway. Um, the uh, we got Chelsea at 12 o'clock on, on, on Sunday as well. So it's not like you could rest and rotate. And that's why I was hoping to get the job done last Thursday and then we could have 
like put out the kids effectively against Zurich and then save people for for Sunday. Yeah. So again, yeah. Say you saying we got Chelsea at twelve o'clock on the weekend. That is a huge game for us as we do need the win for that and we do need some of our key players to start. But we also do need our main players to rest against uh what's it Zurich on the on Thursday. So we do need to put out our strong side against Zurich, but not a strong uh, if you know what I mean, not a, a strong side, but not that strong of a side that will so play against if I was to ask if I was asked you, would you would you start with our strongest eleven and then take them off? Get get like a two goal lead maybe and then take players off? No, I wouldn't start with the main eleven because if you start with the main eleven and what's it you can only have five subs. So if you're making five subs, it's it could affect the fitness of the rest of the team. If you don't if you take off the wrong players, if you take off the right players, it could still affect the fitness of the rest of the team. Mm. Dan, which 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 way would you go? Would you would you start with the stronger side, try and get get through the first half, and maybe get a two goal advantage, and then and then go from there? Not not yeah, not that in, I'm guaranteed in, it, but you know. <laughs> in all fairness, I think I, I think he will, and I think he should start a fairly strong side. I, I think I get what Nick's saying is that it wouldn't be the full eleven, but there will be maybe a a number of small minor changes. I think the likes of Saka won't play, obviously, given he's had a knock. I think Partey probably shouldn't play. Um, and then you've got a couple of players that arguably, arguably, you know, the way they train and, and we're told they deserve a start. The likes of, you know, Tierney's and Nketiah's might might start. Um, probably, you know, Lukonga for Partey, etc. But I think it, putting, trying to put a positive spin on it, I think it could work well in our favour because the last few games by Forest, we have struggled a bit. And, you know, without going too much on Forest, it, it was a big, big step up on recent form, if we can have a similar game like that in against Zurich going into Chelsea, actually, I think that could be more of a benefit it could, than, it could give, than resting. So it could give pos- positive yeah. vibes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right, just finishing up on the European thing, uh, let's go with uh, a score prediction from you first, Nick. What are you expecting on Thursday night? Score prediction, please. So I reckon it will be a 3-0 win for us. And Dan, you're going for... Yeah, I was going to go for a three 0 as well. I think um, I think we will score a few goals. It could even be more if we get them early. Mm. And as 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 Tony says in the chat, a mixed uh, starting eleven should be good enough to uh, for, to beat Zurich at home. Um, and the 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 important thing is because there's so much more um, in the game. There'll be more people turning up that I think if that was a, a dead rubber, the stadium would have been two thirds full or an awful lot of tickets on ticket exchange and so on. I'm going for I'm going for two nil to uh, to the Arsenal. And just to finish off on European travel, let's go and show you this. This is Trevor very late at night in the hotel. But yeah, I'm going now because I've took the piss out, folks. I don't know what else to say. I can't hit you with that one, that hurts. Yeah. I can hit you with that one instead. Oh, <laughs> look at him now, slapping me head. Kalanikta, that means good night. See you. <laughs> that was Trevor's first attempt to go live. It was absolutely hilarious. Anybody who's got a friend on Facebook, it, it was absolutely unreal. So Can yeah. I can I say on behalf of Trev, he only had one beer? <laughs> yeah, no, two. Two. I think he oh, went two, on. Okay. He just had his third then, just had his third. So, so, uh, so um, let's look at uh, the stats from that game. The stats from that game were like, clearly two uh, 0 to PSV. Uh, we had sixty nine percent possession um, and we lost. Uh, now we look at the Forest game, uh, Arsenal versus Forest. Uh, it was a really, a really strong, strong lineup. Let's see if I can bring up the lineup on here. I haven't even I haven't got the lineup in here. It was a strong lineup uh, for this game. I will bring it up in a second. Um, talk about the atmosphere pre-game, Dan. While I get that up, yeah, a bit of a bit of a struggle to start with. I'm not surprised because I think there's an awful lot of people that were absolutely broken from Eindhoven and Amsterdam. So I think coming back into that stadium um, took a bit of, a bit of time to get it going, but we did get it going in the end. And I think the fans were were in good voice. You know, the last sort of 20 minutes or so before the game. 
and um, a little bit flatter than we've been used to in the home end, but um, still a massive improvement on on recent years. So that sort of shows where we've come, actually, the fact that we're a little bit disappointed with that atmosphere. And actually, it wasn't really that bad. It's just um, a drop off of what we've had very recently, I'd say. So lineup was Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tomiyasu, Party, and Shaka back in midfield again. Um, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, and Jesus. The starting eleven. Um, so let's start with the start of the game. So we had Martinelli. What did you make of that assist, Nick, by Saka um, for Martinelli's opener? Martinelli even pre-assisted his own goal for Christ's sake. If that pre-assist really exists. Yeah. So. Uh... The initial initial attack, the way we played uh, played the ball, passing passing it around was really nice, and then that little run we see from Martinelli into the box, and for Saka to see Martinelli make that run, and to have the that enough power to get to Martinelli and for Martinelli to finish it into the uh, bottom corner was a really nice goal to see. Uh, Dan, what did you what did you make of that that goal? And as as I was saying to Nick, the, the, like the pre-assist assist that um, Martinelli did to his own goal. I think it just shows how sharp Martinelli is nowadays. You know, he literally a given go and he and he's off. And he got in front of his marker to to you know head the head the ball in. He's very very underrated in my opinion in the air. I mean, I know it wasn't a, a big leap, but even when he first sort of burst on the scene as such in the Europa League, he scored a few headed goals and. Um, there is still a part of me that thinks he could be our centre forward in years to come. Um, he is very, very good one on one, but I still think he could play centre forward. Did I say to you, or was there somebody else around me? I, I, I saw the way he was running and the, the way the movement he was making. And I know, and I think Martinelli has got to be our new Thierry Henry in a couple of years' time. Could be, he really could be. I think he's that good, and, and that's a testament to, to Arteta, by the way, because the way he was held back and not played, and the amount of people complaining and, and saying he should get a start. For me, he's just been put in at the right time and he's developed into one of the most dangerous players one-on-one. And it shows how people now, you know, put two players on him wide because he can beat a man, he can cross a ball, he can score goals. His movement's fantastic. And for me, he's, he's nowhere near even the finished article yet. No. Uh, and then... On uh, on scoring of that goal, uh, Martinelli, uh, they went and got... Uh, it, there was a photo before the game with uh, the Pablo Marie shirt, the 22 shirt, uh, but this was uh, a photo somebody's dropped off off the TV to us. But the, the goal celebration, it just shows the, the commodity among this, the, among this team. This team is definitely uh, together, don't you think, Dan? Yeah, 100%. And uh, as... They say form is temporary, class is permanent, and class is what the history of this club is, is built on. And um, that's just another sign of, of the class of the club. And, um, mm. you know, obviously, I think a, a huge get well message to, to Mari. No one, no one deserves to go through what he's gone through in his family and what they saw as well. So, I really, uh, obviously, yeah, condolences to the family loss somebody as well. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. Steve F asked in the chat about the drumming. The drumming is getting louder and louder. And yes, it is the Ashburton Army. Uh, they're just behind the stanchion, uh, behind the, the, the clock end goal. And even on Thursday before, when we were playing, I can't remember, PSV uh, the, at the home leg, um, they out drummed. Uh, the PSV drummers in in the end, and Ben Bennett, who's normally down there, paid a visit to uh, see Capel Dan Flagman and uh, the short little fat Irishman, uh, and he said uh, it was a good good pre match uh, sing song up 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 the um, the north bank of Block Five, and a little bit weird down there. And last one in the chat, I'm not sure if Martinelli has signed a contract yet. I think there's one in front of him. Um, I think a lot of that might happen post-World Cup, if I'm honest, because I think the World Cup, if he gets a game in the World Cup, all of a sudden his values go up, his salary demands go up. But I, th I, I do I do feel um, that they are not an issue. The Edu signing a new contract, there's talk in the press about Edu. I don't think there's an issue uh, there whatsoever. So back to the game. After about, you know, uh, the, the la well, there was the Saka injury as well. Um, so we need to talk about Saka Firstly, I think Saka sometimes gets overplayed. I don't think he's he's rested enough that he should be, and he's not rotated. But the guy is he's 
by far the probably one of the best players that we've got in our squad. But also, he gets kicked up and down. We, we watch him and we can see it from where we are. They're just constantly chomping at his ankles. Dan? Yeah, do you know what, do you know what it is? When, when you're a top, top talent, you get targeted by players. And he's got such an ability in sort of close quarters to control and dribble with the ball, a, a bit like sort of Jack Grealish has, where you attract players to you and you do get kicked. Um, he has got to learn to deal with that. And I think at times, you know, I, what I don't want is for him to get a reputation for diving because quite clearly the decisions that's gone against him, I think are just totally wrong and he's not a diver. So what he has probably got to do though is in a way toughen up a little because he is going to get it. And, you know, top, top players do get that. A bit like Ronaldo did when he was at United. He used to, you know, a bit more whingy and everything else to go with it. But he is going to have to learn to deal with that. Um, and then the last probably 10, 15, maybe, maybe a little bit longer of the second half, we looked a little bit more sloppy. Um, and Nick, did you feel at that point that we... we, we we were looking, starting to look a little bit nervous, and we desperately needed that second goal just to just to think. Because Forrest, not that they really got in the game overall, but at that point, it looked like they could have start creeping back in. Yeah, so I'd say the last 20, 25 minutes, we just we started looking tired. We wasn't uh, moving how we normally would uh, would with the ball. Uh, just yeah, just the energy levels were low, and it just looked like Forrest had a chance of coming back with us not really doing nothing with the ball. Mm. Um, I'm so sure, then... really, Fergus. In all fairness, I've read I've read a lot on that. People saying we had a drop off and we didn't have a great last all 2025. I don't really think we had a much of a drop off. I think we we created a couple of opportunities ourselves for Forrest by giving the ball away when sort of Gabriel passed the ball to them in the box. And a great block, by the way, from I think it was, was it Ben White or I think it was Ben that had the, had the block. But I think there's a, a misconception because of what's happened in the last few games that we have tended to drop off. I think we just didn't take a couple of chances again. Um, I think it would be harsh to say that we dropped off that much, in all fairness. Mm. Uh, I, I don't... Listen, there was. A, I rewatched a bit of Match of the Day, and we. I know we've said over the last few weeks we watched Match of the Day, and it looks like a completely different game. But I don't think you could even hide the fact that um, Forest were poor. But it was leading up just before half time that they did get a an opportunity. And I think that was the opportunity. That was the opportunity for you to start a song. Um, it was like twenty one players, and you still you still always be crap, uh, Dan. So that, and 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 I think it was Lingard or something like that had had an attempt, but it was. It was nothing, and then we, the, the guy who came on for Saka was uh, Reese Nelson. Now Reese Nelson, very much uh, uh, you know on the fringe player, been on a, a few loans, and he's been back in the squad. And we expected him to either be loaned off again or, or probably even sold then. Um, and he came into the uh, in he played the end of the first half, and in the second half he came on, um, and he uh, he got a brace uh, in less than I think it was three minutes so he hadn't scored for nearly two years and 100 hours granted he hadn't played very much for us but then he gets uh two goals within three minutes what did you what do you think of his performance and let's talk about the first goal because the second goal is just outstanding for different reasons and we'll go into it in a second yeah he's he's a guy that actually internally in the club he seems to be very highly rated um i don't know if anyone's watched the program south of the river but you know, he comes from a lot of the the places and the academies that have that are going on. Um, I think it's called Croydon area and, and South London. But like him and Ketia and and Jaden Sancho and a few of those guys come from a very similar area, and they're all very technical technical guys that have basically been playing sort of cage football as a kid and and that sort of five six side football. And I think it shows in certainly let's say his first goal the way he fakes and cuts inside. The guy's got a very, very good right and left foot, but great balance. He's got great close control. I think he just needs to, a bit like Eddie did last year, if he gets a run of six or seven games, so we can really judge him. Because it's so hard to judge a young player when they get 10 minutes here and there. 
He's also had a lot of injuries recently and he's he's not really been in the squad that much. If, from what the club are saying, that he really is knuckling down, he's got a great attitude and he gets on and shows what he can do, I think fair play to the lad, give him a chance. Um, if I'm totally honest, I'm not 100% sure that he'll make it like Eddie. But these are the lads that we really want to make it because they are the guys that have come through as, as young kids. They're London lads. And it, they it, love it's the, all love Ian, the Ian Wright and Rocky Rollcastle story, isn't it? That's the sort of thing because they, yeah. they, they've come out the same stable effectively. Um, and by and the way, see, the... see him kiss the badge. See him kiss the badge when he scored the goal. That's what we love to see. So a bit mm. more of that. Um, and and I think he in his post-match interview, he said something about it. He said, I thought it was warm. Or he, he put somewhere in one of the publications, I was warming up and I thought I was just going to have to warm up. Then I was sent, I sat back down. Then I was sent back, I had to warm up, up again. And I thought, here I go, I'm just going to keep on warming up. And then I got the call to come on. I thought, I need to make this count. I need to make this work. Um, and he did. Nick, that second goal, he was just in front of our D. He defended. I, I'm not going to put the clip up. I haven't got the clip anyway. But he was defending uh, an, an attack from from Forrest um, and the ball went up the other end of the pitch. He's on the ground and then two or three, what, 30 seconds later, he's he, he's up the other end just reading the the play so well and scores his second goal. Do, have you watched that through and what did you make of the goal? Uh, I have no, I haven't watched uh, it back, but from when I was watching it, it was like a really nice goal that he scored. And like you said, to come on, uh, to get his opportunity, to come on and get a brace, and I think he also got an assist, he's really made his uh, start to this season uh, a good mm. one for the club. And it's, like, it's what we want to see at the club for someone to come on and have a big impact on the game like he did for us. Yeah, I, I, I was just so impressed by the way that he, he he just got up the floor and he wasn't like belting up the pitch. He was he was very calm and all the players were very calm on it. And again, from match of the day, uh, Mikel Antonio said that he's seen this Arsenal side and the last time we saw an Arsenal side play like the way they do with the intuition that each player knows where every player is going to be was when the Invincibles are around. I'm not saying we're as good as the Invincibles, Dan, but yet. But you can see the makings of it there and you can see the intuition. And they knew that like every five or seven passes or interchanges in play, it was the, the killer ball for the strike. It shows that they trust each other because that's that's the, the first aspect to, to playing that way. You look at a Man City and, and they not only know where everyone's going to be, they know that if they make the run that certain players will find them. And they've just then got the, the confidence to, to, to make an action and, and, and go with it. And that makes a huge difference in opening up clubs that we've had trouble in the past. And I think the more, the more that sort of comes together, the better we'll become as a team. Um, a question for you, Fergus. Do you think yep. guys like Reese Nelson will make it at this club? Uh as you said, we, we like him to. I, I think it's very difficult for homegrown players to make it at any club at this high level. I think they can make it at lower level uh, clubs, like in the championship and maybe lower. Uh, they can. But I think in the Premier League, it's all about instant success and uh, bringing in like the, the ready-made player. And I don't think... I th if he does, he's going to be a superstar. we got Saka... Smith-Rowe was like touch and go. I think Smith-Rowe, if he can get his fitness and over this injury thing, will be a huge success. But it looks like off that hail end lot, the one that you can guarantee that he's going to make it is Saka. The others, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it, to coin a phrase from Kevin Keegan. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. It's so hard. It's so difficult. so competitive. Um, they get pushed off on loans and then they come back and they sit on the bench. They get frustrated as well. And you can see some of them that they lose the heart. It's got to be really difficult and really focused to be a, an elite athlete like them, knowing that they've got the ability, knowing that they've been with the club for so many years. And then to be just like going, oh no, we're bringing Pepe in instead of you, or we're bringing in another player instead of you and somebody else. Every time there's a new signing in, 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 in a position, 
that they've been playing in for so many years. They're knocked one back, one back down the, the ladder again. And we've got to try harder and harder. Uh, and I think that's been a cultural change slightly um, with what Arteta has done. Uh, and he's trying to have a, a smaller uh, squad that's more focused. And he is trying to make sure that there's more of Hayland and more of Arsenal and more of people who kiss the badge because they mean they kiss the badge and they want to kiss the badge and not just for the camera. Uh, because you talk about kissing the badge, kiss the badge for the camera all you like, mate. But if you don't mean it, I really don't care. Um, yeah. After that, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it's a very good point. I just, I do feel like as fans that we near enough need a bit of a, a mindset change because we're all there wanting the big signings like the Pepe's to come in. But I don't see that Pepe has or could do more than what Nelson has done, in, in all fairness. So I think it's right that we give these players a chance before they're shipped out. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, party screamer, Nick. He, he was doing them for uh, Atletico time after time, on YouTube at least. And now he's had a couple of goals for Arsenal and both of them have been absolutely great. What a wonder. And he had a fantastic game as well. Yeah, he did. With uh, with his goals, uh, the way he kicks it, he uses like the inside of his foot. So it, he gets just enough curl and just enough power to put it where it needs to be. Just, it's, it's just past the keeper, but also just inside the near, of the uh, near post. And it's, a, yeah. it's a really nice shot. And he, you could see as well when he done it against uh, Spurs, uh, the way he, he just took it first time, knew where he wanted to place the ball and knew where everyone was around him. He just knew that the instinct was, his instinct wasn't like a hit and hope. It was, I'm going to hit it and I, want, I know where it's going to go, kind of uh, strike. Yeah. Um, Dan, what did you make of his shot? And to the both of you, actually, Nick, before before I go to Dan, were you concerned about party and his fitness? And do you think that he's over... That's, uh, clearly, people can get injured, but you think he's over that last year trying to play a couple of games, go off for a few games injured, play a couple of games off for a few games... Do you, do you think he's now getting into a routine? He's in, in the last five or six starting Premier League lineups. Yeah, so I definitely think his fitness has got better, especially over the summer where he'd, we, all the all the players just had time to focus on their fitness and how they want to play this season. It's just the and the fact that uh, that he's gone from many injuries last season to starting, I think, almost every game this season. Uh, just shows that his fitness has improved a lot and it can still go even higher than where it is now. Mm. Dan, thoughts on that goal? Just firstly on the um, the point that was just made in the chat about on the training ground, I think that's absolutely spot on because he scored, you know, that, that pattern of play is what happened in the Chelsea game in pre-season, it happened against Spurs and it's happened against Forest. And we do really dominate teams wide and we attract players, and then we have space in the man over in the midfield. And it's happened so many times where he gets that space, and he can just pick his spot. And he's got such an unbelievable technique, the way he whips the ball. And as Nick said, with power as well. To get that placement, that curl, and the power together is very, very hard to do. And to keep the ball down, to stick it in the top corner. So I, I do think we're finally getting the parte that we paid all that money for, and the parte that we expected. But I think like any other player, adapting to the Premier League and the physicality of the Premier League is so, so difficult and so so sort of underrated by people that watch the Premier League, the clear difference between the Premier League and the other leagues. So I think that's also a big part of why he's had his injury problems. It does seem to be a repeated pattern where people come to Arsenal and get injured. And I, and I don't know why. I, I do pull it down to just being the Premier League. But um, he is our most influential, most important player in that squad, I would say, more so than Saka and Martinelli, Jesus, etc. Okay. Uh, Jesus had two assists in that game. He didn't score a goal. He hasn't scored a goal in a few games. Um, you know, Have you got any concerns about that? No, not at all. Um, people criticising him 
clearly doesn't see what he does off the ball, with the ball, and what he brings to the team. Because off the ball, he brings an energy to that front line to press the ball and to hunt it back for others to then take advantage of winning the ball high up the pitch. He has increased the technical, technical level of this team no end by coming in to that front line. And you can see that by his close sort of dribbling that he does and, and how he brings others into play. And look, if he doesn't score another goal, I, I couldn't care less if he plays like that and he puts the ball on the plate for others. So um, we are in a very good position at the moment that the goals are being shared around the squad. And I think you look at the goals that, that Saka scored, I think it's around, I don't know numbers, I think it's about five, similar for Martinelli, for Jesus. Um, Xhaka's got four. You know, there, there are players now where the goals are being spread around the team. And this is one thing we haven't had for quite a while where, you know, we've been over-reliant on the likes of Van Persie to score goals or Alexis Sanchez. And we finally got a team all around the pitch that can contribute. And uh, that takes the pressure off of a Jesus and allows him to do what he is good at. Um, and the goals will come. I think there is a slight confidence drop-off with him. And I think that shows with, shown with a couple of his chances that he snatched at. But I think that will come. Nick, as uh, Tony says in the chat, uh, he's not like Aubameyang. If Jesus doesn't score, he can still contribute to the team. He's still huge. Uh, I noticed from the very first kick of a, uh, the first moment he stepped on the pitch in Nuremberg, the second half in Nuremberg, the way that he upped the tempo and how other players seemed to live up to his higher standards uh, from you know his time at City and elsewhere. Uh, are you concerned at all about Jesus not scoring at the minute? Uh, no, not at all. It's just like, I'll go back a few games. We'll go, we'll say PSV, when he come on in the second half, the first, when he touched the ball, everyone's energy just like increased. It's like he brings a whole load of energy to the team. And we'll go back to, uh, like you said, like his dribbling, he keeps it close to him. We'll go back to, uh, I think it was Bournemouth away, where he mm. had, uh, for our first goal, where he's just dribbled past a bunch of players and got us to another to assist uh, uh, for that. It's just the way, the technique he uses for that, just to keep it close to him and get past uh, defenders, midfielders, and to release the ball, just for us to go on to score, it's huge. It, it's not like a, let's say, yeah, like it's not like a Bamiyam or like a Zet where they would uh, like run with the ball, get uh, tackled or whatever. Jesus would bring energy to the team, uh, run through players and try to win the ball back if he loses the ball. Yeah, I, 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 I can't disagree. You know, I, 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 I'm, I think we just got so lucky with getting the, the player. I think the player for the, the fee we paid, it was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, we, we then move on to the final goal. The final goal was scored by Martin Odegaard. Martin Odegaard, Captain Odegaard, um, is sometimes coming some flack for overplaying a game or overplaying a ball and so on. I remember the first uh, game against Palace away, there was people all over Twitter and Twitter knows best. Um, but just look at this still picture. Look at him. He's got five players around him. Yes, they are Forest players, but there are still five professional footballers. And he gets through them and he scores from this position. This is um, when he, he actually scores his goal. Uh, just briefly then, go through go through this uh, goal then with us, Dan, and, and your thoughts on Martin Odegaard. Great finish, by the way, to, to stick it right in the top corner from there. Um, near enough, unsavable, I think. Brilliant strike, but... He's a guy that I don't understand why he gets criticised because one, he's our skipper and he deserves respect as our skipper and his ability, his, his ability to just turn on a sixpence, to attract people, he's one of those players that you, you notice him when he's not playing and he reminds me of, and I know people criticised him, but still a fantastic player, Meza Ozil when he played. You missed, when he wasn't there, the, the team just didn't tick as much. And there is a clear difference still between him and Vieira when he comes in. And I know Vieira is going to take a lot of time to get used to the Premier League, but Erdegaard, for me, is already there used to the Premier League and he's still still got you know massive room to grow. Um, he keeps the ball moving, one-touch passing, attracts people, and then his movement off the ball to get in the box. You know, he's, he's just... Um, he's got 
for me, no ceiling at the moment. He, he could turn into one of those players, a bit like Fabregas did a few years ago, where he starts to score a lot of goals from midfield. And um, yeah, just I'd imagine to play with him would be an absolute joy. Mm. Stats on this game then, we had 69% possession. Uh, we had nine shots on target versus uh, Forest two. I only remember one. Uh, but yeah, we dominated that game. It was it was a 5-0 result. Uh, it could have been. It could have been more. Should have been more. And funny enough, jokingly, I looked at the score. Uh, the, the, the the score difference, our goal difference between us and Man City before uh, the game, and I went, "Oh, if we could only win thirteen nil." But I didn't think it was going to be that much. But it could have definitely been seven or eight. Um, so uh, some facts on that game. Uh, first clean sheet in ten Premier League home games. So uh, I did send Mr Ramsdale a text to say. Uh, say thanks to Aaron because uh, that was uh, that was brilliant. Uh, Jesus didn't score as we said, but he gave two assists. Uh, we played ten uh, and won ten at home this season, and it was our three hundredth victory in the Premier League in the Emirates Stadium since we moved in there in two thousand and six. And it also was Granite Shackers who's now got his redemption. Um, it was his two hundredth game, and we even got one or two sentences out of his song uh, from Dan uh, in the ground. So <laughs> it, it is definitely it's definitely did. getting there. You I, did. I you did. did. I did mumble a couple of words to it, and. Um... I'm coming round because people are telling me I'm being too harsh of him. And and as I said, on the pitch, I've got no arguments with him. So perhaps yeah, that's just a, an issue I need to get over now as opposed to, to anyone else. But yeah, look, I think another fact there, Fergus, I think it was also our first win by a five-goal margin since Wenger left, I believe. And I don't know if that's just... In the it was, yes. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, so. Listen, there's, there's a couple of people who aren't here today. Uh, Tony was going to jump in and join us, um, but his car broke down and he had a nightmare at work and stuff like that, so he couldn't join us. Trev's internet um, uh, cocked up because he didn't pay the bill because he spent all his money in beer in, in Eindhoven and previous to that in Bodo. Uh, and there's one other young lad who normally joins us here is Alex. Alex is uh, our Danish schooner. It's Alex's birthday today. And um, I've been in contact with your dad, Alex, and he's given me some photos. Your birthday, happy birthday, it's your birthday, happy birthday, it's a great day, that's what we say, happy birthday. So Alex is out for a dinner with his with his uh, girlfriend today. Hopefully he's not as drunk as he is in that in that video. Oh God, did I? <laughs> That's when he came up with his his mate Sven. They stayed at my house and we, they started drinking early. It was absolutely unreal. Somebody who did drink quite a bit yesterday and got the bit of the doghouse was uh, James. Uh, James had a great day yesterday. He wishes Alex a happy birthday. Um, yeah, so that was quite funny. Um, Dan. Talk to me about Amsterdam then, because we've got to recap on Amsterdam before we finish off. So you 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 end up crashing, bumping into Lyle, uh, Kirk and Dan. Uh, so many Dans in this world, it's unreal. Jesus. Um, and uh, you end up going into Amsterdam around the Heineken factory and having Heineken beer Arsenal on tour. And I got a random FaceTimes and random texts and stuff like that of you drunken lot. Talk to me. I, I was sober. I only had one beer, as Trev did, so um, I was fine. But um, no, firstly, uh, yeah, great lads. As we said earlier, all the people we bumped into in Eindhoven um, just shows you know the, the great fans that we do have out there, and we're not all the hooligans that football fans seem to get sort of stuck with nowadays. But yeah, Amsterdam was great to bump into, obviously, Arsenal fans that sort of continued the journey. Uh, there were a fair few beers and um, a fair few songs. So 
I'm very sorry to the uh, locals of Amsterdam that had to put up with our singing, but we had a bit of an unintentional bar crawl. So we went into the, the first pub, started singing and had a drink. And by the end of that drink, they politely asked us to leave. So we uh, went to the next bar, carried on singing and the same happened. So we ended up moving around quite a bit. And um, by the time the Zambuca came out, it, uh, it pretty much ended me. So uh, never meet these lads if you've not had food is my advice. Uh, my, my my other burning question is, what happened? Did you meet Mrs. Amsterdam, Mrs. Miss, Mrs. Holland or Miss Holland? Did you meet? Would you would you look at that? I've had a technical hitch and I can't I can't hear a word you're saying, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky's got all shy. You know what that means? He got blown out. Hey guys, I chose any words from uh, from what happened, and and gentlemen never tells. Oh, he's only trying to show off now. Um, right, so we got Chelsea on uh, Chelsea early on Sunday. Uh, what are we going with score predictions? Did we we done we done the Zurich? Uh, yeah, we did uh, score predictions for Chelsea. Nick, uh, for the Chelsea game, I I'm coming to this with loads of confidence. So I'm I'm saying. It's a, it'll be a tight game, and I reckon it'll be a two-one victory to the Arsenal. Dan, I'm going to go with three-one, and somewhere along the line, some brilliant chance to be created about Aubameyang. Just a little added <laughs> thing in there for the for the fans to sing. And anybody watching. Dan's still looking for a ticket. If you can get get a ticket out there for him, um, like everyone is, but like if you can help us out, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to go for one. I can't currently get at the moment. I'll be there at Wolves, thankfully, and uh, hopefully be singing. See you all there. But if anyone wants to donate to the poor for Chelsea, that would be greatly appreciated. I, I, I'm going to go for uh, one nil to um, one nil to the Arsenal. I've done that last time, and everyone said I was absolutely drunk and stupid and everything else, which it was before the game. But when I actually made the prediction um, and we ended up winning 4-2, so I'll, I'll take that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm equally as confident that Chelsea are not firing an old cylinders the right way. And I think Arsenal on their day are a better team than Chelsea are currently. Um, so, yeah. On that note, uh, guys, Nick, how have you enjoyed being on a podcast for the first time? Yeah, it's great. It's a new experience and I'd love to be on air again. Well, we'll definitely try and do something with uh, cameos and little bits and pieces, maybe record something or get you on again uh, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll see if there's other young gooners at different times that we can bring them on. Young Theo, who's got no, he's in the chat, he's got no homework um, tonight. So he's been watching and he can watch the reruns of the history uh, one if he goes on to uh, the playlist, look at the Arsenal history. Theo, learn your history about Arsenal. goes from 1886 right up until last summer. Uh, so have a look at that one. Um, Dan, thanks for joining. Thanks for sitting in um, in, in the hot seat as well. Yeah, it's uh, obviously a new experience replacing Trev, but no one can replace Trev. So let's hope he gets uh, his internet sorted very, very soon. Well, you know what it does mean? We actually finish on time. It's nearly 60 minutes and that's what we like to stick to. <laughs> you know what I think we should <laughs> and... do? I think I think we need a bit of Fergus time. Oh, no. This is, this is what we're going to do now.
Well, guys, thanks very much for uh, joining in. Thanks for the people who have been watching. Thanks for the people in the chat and anybody who listens to us on audio or afterwards on, on uh, YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Uh, if you do like what we do, uh, go to YouTube, uh, go to the YouTube channel, click the bell and subscribe. It does help us just to raise our profile and everything else. And I've got a little target myself. Ideally, I'd like to happen before Christmas, but um, we've only got about two games, three games, uh, four games, including Zurich, to cover. So a couple of weeks uh, before um, the football stops for Christmas. But I, I would like to get to a thousand subscribers. We're nearly at 800 already. Uh, but if you can, do it. Uh, we are Arsenal fans. We just do it for um, for, for the love uh, and uh, uh, just because we're mates. Help the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.